time is like mud. And events imprint themselves in the mud like riverbeds. And so a human life like is like a riverbed that runs through the mud of time. And the consciousness that you're currently experiencing is actually just like water running through the riverbed of this self that is eternal that will always exist in the fabric of time and space. Because you're here, you'll always be here. Um, here I am. Here I am. If time doesn't exist, it's already happened. I could have been reading. It's really weird because I'm not really speaking to you in front of me. But I have to think of you in front of me because if I don't, then I won't be able to speak to you. How you doing? <laughs> because you're in 3D space, you're experiencing the illusion of a past, present, and future. Right. What's up, y'all? I am coming to your town shortly. Check on the dates, but but starting in late May and going through uh, June and then July, I'm playing uh, all, all over the U.S. with my new band, Yoni and Getty. That's me and Serengeti. Um, we, we made a record together. It's coming out May 6th on Joyful Noise rec- Recordings. And... Um, it, I'm proud of it. It's a good record, and I, I hope you guys will like it. I've been leaking songs here and there uh, into the world, or we have, I should say. And uh, we, uh, yeah, we're proud. We're gonna be proud to be playing those those songs for you on that tour. So so check out yoniandgetty.com. Y o n i a n d g e t i dot com slash tour. Or, you know, you can just go to yoniandgetty.com and you can find it uh, on there. But, yeah, and that'll have all the dates on there. But we're doing a decent East Coast run and decent West Coast and Midwest and the whole nine yards. So check it out. Who, me? Where am I at? Open your fucking ears, jackass. I'm at uh, Kenwood Town Center, out by the dumpsters, in some old uh, shipping containers, probably carrying Eastern European prostitutes or something. I don't know. I don't know. I, I had to come and get my screen replaced from the Apple Store. Big, uh, long story, not, not very interesting, about me dropping my phone. We're not going to play he, you know, he, he said, she said, or the blame game here. That's not what, what this is. But regardless, I am at the mall. Now, I used to come here every weekend with Max Rubin and pre-pickup chicks because there was no... We, there, we, we were two little fat boys, you know, coming to the mall to sit in, like, the massage chair at Spencer's Gifts and, and eat Sparrow pizza. Or, or they, there was this place called Flamers which was not a gay bar. It was a uh, hamburger joint in the food court of the mall, and it was unreal. Their, their shtick was that they would uh, light the burgers on fire on the grill. And you, you, you did get that real char, char, Charles Boiled taste. Uh, first of all, let me say that, let me just first say this. I have, I mean, you've already seen this on the, 
thing that you clicked on, but but I have Duncan Trussell on the podcast today, and this is my absolute favorite podcaster right now. It's he has a podcast called the Duncan Trussell Family Hour Podcast, and they just it's just great. It's he, he seems to be like big into uh, Buddhism, psychedelic drugs, and the singularity, uh, artificial intelligence. That's how I would sum him him up at the moment. But you know. He's a, a very layered individual. I went up to Columbus to watch some stand-up, uh, him and his his openers, uh, all of wh- all of whom were were excellent. Uh, but yesterday was an interesting day. Okay, I it was a, another beautiful day, just like today, and. I decided, well, I'm going to go out to the Spring Grove Cemetery, which I've podcasted from before. It's uh, one of my spots that I like to frequent quite close to my house. Uh, And it's a huge, it's the second largest cemetery in the country, right? I've said that before on the podcast, and I'll say it again. It's the second largest cemetery in in the United States. So it's very big. I uh, went up there and I didn't want to park in my, I'm like, I'm not going to park in my usual spot and go to my usual spot. I want to, I want to do something new. So I, I just started driving, meandering around in the car and ended up in a random place and parked. And then I was like, you know, I'm not going to try to walk back to somewhere I know. I'm going to wander and really, you know, I did the same walking for a couple hours uh, around the park. Stopped at one point and was doing some uh, dog training with Marty. And, uh, you know, it was great. And then then I was like, okay, it's time to to go because the place closed at six and and so I'm, so it's like five o'clock I'm like all right I better go find the car I could not find the car I had no idea where it was no idea I mean everything looked the same it was just like windy little streets everywhere uh no clue no clue where the car was I, I my heart started racing you know Marty I got I to gotta hand it to Marty. He stayed calm. He stayed calm the whole time. I don't think he knew what was going on or that, that, that the, uh, you know, the crazies had taken over the nut house in my brain or whatever, and, there, and no one was really in charge. He thought he was following me. I thought I was following him. Neither of us knew where we were going. Uh, I, I finally found my way back to the entrance of the park. That was easy enough because you can follow, like, this dashed road or whatever to the entrance. I did that, got to the entrance, knocked on all the uh, the doors on the different offices and things, and it was like 5.59 or something. They were about to shut the gates and lock me in all night. Not going to hop the gate, but Marty's little. I don't know how, to got, how I would have got him over that gate. So uh, I was freaking out. I was freaking out. I called a couple of my friends, and... It was like 6.15. My friend told me, well, they're not, the, the gates, you know, you can always get out. 
uh, because they have a sensor. Okay, so that that made me feel a little better. But still, I was like, I, should I, I'm just too high for this. Should I just leave the car here and come back tomorrow with a car, you know, with somebody driving me around looking for this car? So I... I just happened upon it. I don't know. There's no other way to say it. I was, I called my, that was after my, called my first friend and, and he was nowhere near. I was like, I should just call my other friend and see if he can get into the park and drive me around right now. Called him. Boom. I'm walking on the left. There it is right there. My car, my little Jetta. And, uh, oh, I was so thankful. I was so thankful. Then I went home. I was like, I'm, I'm just going to take it easy because I wasn't feeling so hot after that. There's a lot of sun, which was great. I needed it for, you know, a good, good three hours, four hours in the sun. I don't know what it was, but went back home like, you know, Marty, it's, let's just chill. We'll watch some Bourdain. They got new episodes of, of the Anthony Bourdain show. So, you know, we're, we're sitting there watching... Uh, uh, watching the Miami episode, and then I go downstairs to like slice an apple. I think I come back upstairs, and Marty had there's no delicate way to say this, he had eaten the weed. Um, it was not a whole lot, it was like just a, a, a couple little buds. I start freaking out and googling. You know, what happens when your dog eats weed? Is, you know, is it, how bad a scene is it? And I, I'm reading all this shit that's like, you need to take him to the emergency room right now. I'm like, what the fuck? So I called the, and this is, this is, you know, this is Friday night at midnight at this point or something like that. I, or at 10, I think. I called the, uh, the vet, the emergency vet, and she, she told me just to keep an eye on him. You know, he may piss himself. She said he didn't He didn't piss himself, and he usually does, even when he's not on pot. So I was thankful for that. But he was so wasted. He, he fell out, man. He was, like, laying in my lap. He fell asleep, and his eyes were, like, rolled back in his head. But if I was to say, like, Marty, Marty, then he'd wake up. And he's, his eyes were all bloodshot. I, tr- I tried to take him out to pee. He peed at maybe 8 p.m. I tried to take him out at, you know, 10.30, 11, 11.30, 12. He wouldn't pee. He just stood there sort of wobbling. Um, but, you know, he was still, he wasn't, he wasn't comatose. So I let him sleep it off. And uh, today he seemed kind of better. I don't know. That was real nice. Uh, to see him come back to life. I will never do that again. I, I will be putting that stuff in a dog-proof safe. All right, you guys. That's enough of that story. That's, that's That was yesterday. But I, I'm I, now, Today I'm enjoying my sobriety and enjoying them all. I want you to really open your brains because uh, there's a lot of information coming at you and uh, dig this conversation with Dawkins Trussell. Well, it's been a while since I've done a podcast, actually. This is my first one in uh, a couple, mo- few months, maybe. I don't know. Um, I'm here with, with Duncan Trussell. Hi. 
in, in his tour bus, Columbus, Ohio, outside of, uh, what, what, what is that place called? Some kind of... Oh, shit, the name of the venue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, damn it, of course it I can't matter. remember, and I seem like a jerk. Doesn't matter. know the name. Doesn't matter. Uh, how's the tour been? Great. Really yeah. cool. It's, it's so, it's, I, I was kind of freaking out about it, because I've never done a tour this long before and I've never done a bus tour yeah. so I didn't know what to expect so I was a little horrified and like just stressed out but it, as it turns out it's the most fun I've ever had touring it's D- really cool doesn't the bus make it a lot easier yeah. I mean I, I think it does dude. you can sleep in as much as you want right yep yeah I mean you're right next to the venue so it's decadent you can yeah. sleep and then you walk around all day do whatever you want you get yeah. up to that that high street up there. That's a pretty fancy street. Today up there. we didn't. We no. barely did anything. We went. And we had lunch and then. But last night didn't sleep that well okay. for some reason. Yeah. So ended up waking up at like two because we went to bed at six a.m. and then yeah and then just ate and came back on the bus. Right. I wanted to work out. I keep telling myself, I'm like, oh, and I got this terribly addictive video game. Oh, you Dark do that. Souls Three. Okay. So we've been hooked on this embarrassing. Oh, yeah. game. What's dark? So- <laughs> she wants to refute, but you you do. You're right. It's me. <laughs> it's embarrassing. What is Dark Souls two? So Dark Souls three three is a franchise, and it's known as one of the most difficult video games. It's the most brutal, sadistic, shitty video game because you just constantly die, and okay. you die in unfair ways, and you. But you can keep coming back. Yeah, but but to to move on, usually. Like it's a miracle if you move to another level. Okay. Usually you, you it's really hard. So whenever you like beat a boss or whatever, you do this like embarrassing cheering because it's you've been working on. You're it. excited about it. yeah because it's so hard. So I, yeah, I, I have to say I, I never got past 16 bits. You know. Oh wow. Me. And I, I I mean I've tr- I've tried maybe the Wii or whatever, but for some reason I. That's the one thing I'm a bit Luddite-ish about, is, like, video games for some reason. Like, I still can get nostalgic about the Nintendo, the original Nintendo, but, like, I don't know, the 3D-ness in the games, and I never got into it. I don't know. It was beyond my time. I mean, you're older than me, I think. Yes. How do you know? Well, I would guess <laughs> from, like, phys- like yeah. just, like, how I don't know how old you are. I'm 42. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I... I came up with, like, I, I got an Atari 2600. Yeah. When I, I've been playing video games as long so as you, they've existed. You just continued to get the new yeah. thing when the new thing came Yeah, I, yeah and, and, I, and I've always loved them. From when I was a kid and we first, I was at my Aunt Isabel's house in Florida. And, man, I still remember that box when my parents unveiled it. And, like, you used to have to connect the back of the thing yeah. to these screws the little the back, forks the forks yeah, that's yeah. right yeah you'd screw that in and then but back then just the idea of using a joystick to control a thing on your TV yeah. was insane yeah insane no one ever thought that could happen and then like I remember after my folks got divorced we were staying at these well I would go visit my dad in the summers and he was staying at this apartment complex called the Tropicana and there was a pilot there named This was in North Carolina. This was in a- Texas. Oh, okay, okay. College Station, Texas. There's a pilot named Larry who um was a weirdo and uh Larry 
got a ColecoVision. Uh-huh. And I remember this shitty game. Now we would look at this game as the most shitty game of all time, but it was 3D, so you could move through, like, a 3D dungeon. Really? Yeah, and I remember Larry being like, look at this. Do you mean, like, like looking forward? Oh, not 3D in the sense of glasses, but 3D in the sense of, like... Like Golgo 13 or something like that? Like what? Like 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 a shooter game, like you're looking. Yeah, right. It. Like okay, a rudimentary yeah, yeah. shooter game. I, I, I interrupted. You so though. think of like Frogger. You know, you're like in a 2D space. Yeah. Like any of the old games, Pac-Man, Donkey Kong. These are all 2D spaces. That so so this was like you're moving through like a really shitty. 3D dungeon, like the most right. rudimentary thing, but no one had seen it before. Right. And so all of our minds were blown. So I've always been addicted to this feeling that technology can give you, which is this feeling of awe. That I just love that feeling of awe. Every time technology manages to reproduce or simulate reality yeah. in, in more um, uh, in, in more sophisticated ways, it always fills me with this wonderful feeling. I'm not, I'm not like I'm not proud to be to have not gotten into that stuff. Like yeah. I, I feel like I should try to, you know. It's all, I mean, whatever. It's a waste of time in some ways, right? I mean, wouldn't you say that in some ways? So, like in the hierarchy, yeah, of of like things you should be doing. There's when you look at it from the POV of like Freud's super ego, ego and id. The super ego. Whenever I'm playing Dark Soul, Soul it's my super ego which is the parental self or how you think the thing that you crucify yourself on right. is always telling me as I'm playing Dark Souls what are you doing? Right. There's there's terabytes of better data out there for you to gather. Like you could be reading the great philosophers. Sure. You know and, and so I torture myself with that all the time as I'm playing video games. Like the ideal version of myself I guess would be constantly consuming as much information as I could so that I could put it into the podcast. So I do torment myself and I create a hierarchy of where I should be versus where I am. And but so yeah, you're, but your id. What? But your id. My id. I think the id doesn't even like video. I think the id or your is ego. I don't, the, know. I don't know where it's somewhere between the id and the ego yeah. for sure. It definitely is the in that part of the self, but and, and, and what's funny, you know, the stigma about video games is interesting because we really don't have a way to tell what the brilliant authors who wrote the books that we feel like we should be reading when we're playing video games would have thought about video games. And uh. in fact, the name video game itself is something that is like the wrong word for it is. Really, it's a reality simulator. You're looking at a reality simulator and the physics in these things are so incredible that if you, if you really think about it we've no one in human history has ever had a chance to experiment with these reality simulators that we call video games and so in that way i think it, it makes a lot of sense to screw around but also not playing video games that's great too so you see you see look i i I should try some of these. I just have trouble seeing it. I like I like seeing two D when it comes to video games for some reason. That said, it sounds like you see a direct lineage from, you know, Pong to well, what you talked about tonight and I've heard you talk about it on the podcast, which is like you seem like you're super into the VR stuff. Yeah. And and that the idea of, you know, m- matrixing ourselves yes. somehow 
you know, do you see you see a direct lineage from Pong to that? That's the start of playing around with that. Yeah, that is right. Yeah. That's right. You're, it's it's increasingly sophisticated universe simulators, and then you get into that the you know simulation theory. You've heard of this Bostrom's so. idea. So. So you read a shit ton. I love that. I read a shit ton on the internet. Yeah. So, but that's not enough. I wish I I want to go deeper. But I I I watch documentaries. But I don't. That's a great way to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that all information streams are completely acceptable. Sure, sure. And the 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 hierarchy of information streams that we create is absurd. It's like you can learn from every single thing, and it's all fine. And whatever you're enjoying learning from is great. So documentaries. Or the internet, or video games, or whatever—it's—it's it's all cool. But so, but simulation theory. Yes. So tell, I, tell me the guy's name one more time. I think it's Bostrom. It's Bostrom. this guy Nick Bostrom. Okay. So the idea is, based on the current simulators that we have, reality simulators, and now we're moving into VR. Very rudimentary stuff right now compared to where it's going to be, but still, it's happening. But based on that, you can safely predict that if humanity continues on without some catastrophe, then work simulators are going to become increasingly realistic to the point where a simulation will become indiscernible from reality. And so, because we know that this is a probability, and then we also know that based on artificial intelligence and based on the where AI is going at some point in the future, 20 years, 100 years, but at some point within a century, you can almost, you can almost 100% predict that we're going to have an AI that is indiscernible from human intelligence, if not more advanced. And so the other piece of simulation theory is our scanning technology is going to become increasingly sophisticated. So our ability to theoretically scan the makeup of the human brain and then digitize that and replicate it inside of a virtual space is that that's a, a, a there's a high probability that that will happen where because the theory is this thing the brain is some kind of biocomputer that has a lot of connections that we don't understand maybe stuff operating on the quantum level that we don't understand yet mm-hmm. but as our ability to scan the universe becomes increasingly accurate then theoretically you would be able to map the human brain with precision that isn't available yet with the technology that we have and then knowing how the energy flows through it, reproduce, digitize it. And so now we've taken a human brain, scanned it, put it into a virtual space, Mm -hmm. and now we have what's considered functional immortality because now we've downloaded our consciousness into a virtual reality and we'll theoretically live forever. So simulation theory is because it seems like there is some probability that that could happen in this time period that we're in right now, that you could fathom it. The idea that you could fathom that it. That it's just based on where things are moving, yeah. things are trending, it could happen. Bostrom says it's more likely that in an ever-expanding infinite universe that it has happened already, then we would be the first people to do it. Which means that there is a likelihood that the thing we're existing is in right already now that. is already a simulation. Dude, I was just going to ask I mean... Right when you were talking about this, I was thinking about that idea. And, I mean, then I was like, oh, it's stupid. It's like the Matrix. I shouldn't say that. But why not? Why is that not happening? Like, you know, it, it many times a day, I'm often, like, you know, sort of awoken in a moment and, and surprised at what is. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm this thing, like, you know, like, it's 
things started at zero and now I'm this. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, sure. and I'm experiencing, you know, I'm the universe experiencing itself. Yes. As, as some, as people say, it's like, you know, uh, what? You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, so, sure. so that, that would in a way surprise me less than what is supposedly is now. Well, I mean, well, we—I mean, the thing that is right now is a question mark, anyway. Exactly. We we don't know because exactly. there's no way to go back and see the moment that 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 inorganic life transformed into organic life. Right. We don't know when that happened, anyway. Right. So, but what's here's what's interesting: uh, if you look in the Book of Genesis, you Which see I have. it's a um, beautiful text, mm-hmm. and you see this incredible um, dialogue happening between these freshly made biocomputers, Adam and Eve, and the programmer, God. And so God has placed them in a simulated reality called the Garden of Eden, and God has said to them, everything's cool here, you get to name everything in the simulation, but there's two trees here that you can't touch. And one of them is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the other one is the tree of life, so the fruit of the tree of life. So these two things don't eat them. And so with what we're witnessing right now with AI is that we are in the identical predicament as the early Jehovah God, which is that we are bringing these beings into life and we don't want them to become too much like us. And that was the, when um, in the Garden of Eden, that was like God's, when like Eve ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and became aware of itself, you could say that there is some obvious connection or correlation between that and computers waking up. The Current. consciousness of computers and the consciousness of humans. Right. Yeah. So computers are about to experience right. the Garden of Eden moment of eating the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or, 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 or self-awareness. And so... So if we're made in God's image, AI is made in our image. Exactly. And yeah. this, this sort of echo yeah. that, of course, would happen if we are made in God's image and God likes to create things that become aware of themselves and scare the shit out of God enough that he sh- throws them out of the Garden of Eden, right. then we would continue that exact same echo through time. And Bostrom might say that that thing that God, the original programmer, of course, was yet another iteration of this never-ending wave of um, simulations that right. are sort of telescoping infinitely inward, of which we're a part. This just a never... Sort of, yes, yes, yes. If... if evolution is, you know, continues in the fashion that it has, you know, and of course goes exponentially, right? And that's maybe how it works and what you're talking about, the singularity or whatever. Yeah, right. That, that future us is, you know, whatever, whatever is spawned from us. Yeah. It could be AI, but, but it could also be actual flesh and blood that continues to evolve or, or maybe using Using artificial intelligence to evolve ourselves, if, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, that's that. You know? That and that last part is what most people predict. Is yeah. it's it's not like AI is some separate thing. Yeah. But more that there's a fusion that happens right. where we just kind of merge together. Right. Right. That's so generally that's, what people think will happen. Right. And that's that's life and what life spawns. So it's, it's sort of all sort of connected. If the, you know, if. That happens, and and to the point where, and you said this tonight, when, and it's something I've thought about before, where it's able to manipulate time, yes, and go back and create a big bang. You know, that's 
what if that's what God is, is, is the farthest point, and then it's like, okay, well, I'm going to start over and recreate, boom, and to start it over, and then, have, you know. Yeah, sure. I'll, I've, I've, I've considered that often. Yeah, that my, is the... my higher moments, And I if guess. this is a simulation, it kind of makes sense, because, it, like, control over the time-space continuum is really just hacking into a deeper part of the simulation. If, right. You know, it's not as though time is some thing that you could never touch. If the theory is, well, this thing is in some hyper-advanced computer system that we can't really understand, then all components of the simulation should be, theoretically, if you knew the way to get into the code, and the code, according to, like, Ray Kurzweil, is just the atomic structure of things. It, that's just, Kurzweil says that's just code. The way atoms connect, yeah. it's just code. Yeah. And, and theoretically, if you could rearrange that code, then that's it's some script. The atomic structure, the quantum structure of life is a script. And it's a... You kind of run it again, start it over. Re reconnect it, yeah. transform it. And so yeah. that's like McKenna's ultimate version of things is that these swarms of nanobots, of quantum nanobots, begin to disassemble and reassemble matter yeah. on the molecular level according to anything that you want it to be. The alchemist dream of lead and gold or whatever. So we just begin to sort of deconstruct the fundamental layer of the universe and reconstruct yeah. it according to our imaginations. And that would make sense. It's like the ultimate Contra. I don't know if you ever played Contra, but it's the sure. ultimate. It's the cheat code. Up, right. up, left, left, up. right, right, down, A, B, A, B, whatever it was. You got a good memory. It's the Something ultimate, like it's yeah. the ultimate yeah. cheat code. Sure, you can do it. Well, I mean, and I think, I don't think, to me, that doesn't sound crazy to turn lead into gold. Honestly, you know, that actually happens in stars, naturally, right? Right. You know, so that... That can be if we can if we can split atoms in the laboratory and we you know we can do fusion and fission in a laboratory. It's only a matter of time before you can turn lead into gold. So right. Speak, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and with that, do anything you want. You're right to matter. Uh, one thing here's something on a totally different subject. Yeah. But but also sort of it's a question for you. I'm wondering if you have an answer. But I mean, you're not a physics guy exactly, but you seem no. to know a lot of shit. Uh, my brother asked me this yesterday, and and, and it, it made me think. So, the color wheel, right? Yes. It's it, it's it's cyclical, right? It's it's continuous, right? There's a continuum. Each color blends. You know what that is? What? It, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Each color blends into the the, the color next to it, and, and in in a in a circular fashion, right? You can always get back to where you started. But that's not reality. In reality, yes, that's the spectrum of color that we see, right? Right. But there are colors beyond that. There's, you know, yeah. infrared at the at the the, the the larger wave waves, and yeah. there's and there's like uh, ultraviolet at the at the the higher frequency. Yeah. So it, I would say it's more like a line, right? And then we don't even know what's what's above that. You you know you have microwaves, and then you know you can keep going north of that in, into then that can make you crazy or, or the idea of sound going north and say you know as someone that does music and I know about frequencies you know from yeah. using EQ plugins or whatever yeah. the idea that you can go what infinitely beyond 20k right like you know and what does that sound like just like, you know it's like yeah. it just keeps going and, and of course to our ears that means nothing but I'm being very tangential right now, but cool. but I'm going to get back to this color wheel thing because, yeah, what is the deal with that? What? How does it work? Why? Why is it something like 
that our, our neurology is somehow built around, you know, Fibonacci and, and these sort of numbers in nature that, that uh, you know, that everything seems to be sort of based around, you know, at least biological organisms and, and whatnot. Uh, is it something in our, in our neurology that lets us see that particular spectrum and because of, of whatever math in our in our makeup, you know, it, it cuts off at where it can where you can loop it back around. Yeah. Yeah, right. I know yeah, like yeah, well I mean that it does seem like that, right? It does seem like That's that. gonna be for my Neil Tyson podcast that I'll have to ask him. That's that a, yeah, and he'll give you the right answer. <laughs> yeah. I wanna know what you speak about. But yeah, yeah, this is the it's it's the idea of like why is the human scope currently only able to apprehend this specific strata of reality right when there's all these other layers that we know about that we can't apprehend it but why does it loop perfectly that's what i'm saying is like it's if it is a spectrum and it's it's not actually a a, uh you know right it's not actually cyclical it's you know it, it was cyclical when you know whoever pre da vinci you know artists sort of mapped out what colors you can put on a painting so or what something. is this like you're looking at wavelengths there right yeah. so you're, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. basically wavelengths. looking at like wavelengths and and you're, so you're looking at these different vibrations yeah right and it's, it's exactly like sound too right. i suppose right it's the exact same idea so you're looking at some spectrum where there's varying frequencies mm-hmm. that that when photons hit those hit it it bounces off in a specific way that creates yeah. when it hits our optic nerve gets translated into color yeah which creates the color wheel right so the question is is the color wheel uh uh, uh why does it work as a wheel a we is it a wheel that exists in our brains or is it some like perfect it's like it's this is the math is it like the math is god thing it's like i don't that know is, i mean i i i don't know I, I don't i just don't know why it works as a why it works exactly so that it wraps back around on itself because frequency wise like i don't know like like audio it it doesn't like we can hear from roughly you know 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz but you can't you can't like put 20 hertz right next to 20,000 hertz and they kind of loop back around on each other. This feels like a question that has an actual answer. I bet it has an actual answer. It has like an answer where someone who was a physicist would be like, well, it's because of the spin resonance. Yeah. Something that I have no idea. I'm going to call Ira Flato on Science Friday or something like that. Find out. It's a great, it's a a wonderful question. That's my brother's question. Yeah. I I have no idea. He's an uh, astronomy nut. He's got a telescope and he's looked at Mercury last night and was going on That's about cool. what, you know, how Mercury moves or whatever, and figured out the math on. You know what I I wonder about, man, and you can ask this when you find someone who knows about this stuff is like, so like, we know that there's a certain layer of sound that we can't pick up. Yeah. So like, when you get down into the microscopic realm, and you see an amoeba in circle something that it's eating does that make a sound if you had the a, a tiny tiny uh, if, so if you had a microphone right smaller than the amoeba would it but, pick but, up but so powerful that it can pick up really really quiet yeah. shit and well, you're in a 
completely quiet vacuum room. Yeah. But I guess you need some air for the But it sound. must make a sound, right? The slurping noise. Like, it's still stuff moving. Very interesting. Just, I, but I guess so, yeah. That's the it's, next question. It's stuff moving through stuff. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 you know, to make a sound if it's in air. You know, because it needs a, a sound needs a medium to, to yeah, or, go through. Or, or even in in a vi- liquid, it would still make it like under the ocean. You can still hear right. shit. There's still right. like sound. Yeah, well, any medium, like water's a medium, yeah. air's a medium. I'm just saying, if you're in you a vacuum a of space, nothing. There's no sound. So when right. they when they say that they found the sound of two black holes colliding, which yeah. they did recently, yeah, that you know, whatever mega sonic boom or whatever it is. Is actually not sound that they're. It's a wave. It's a wave. It's a well. That was a gravity wave, I guess. Actually, yeah. which is different. But if it was sound, which they have, sort of replicated sounds from space, it's more like. They get it by looking at the light, and how things around it are affected by the waves. I remember they played the sound of. It, it was very disappointing. Yeah. I remember they're like, "Here's the sound of two black holes colliding." So I was it was like. like yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I heard about uh, this guy who... Here's two pieces of good advice. No, <laughs> sorry, that's cool. no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, this guy who who did, who did figured out the, the, the light of sound, basically, so he could film. He had this super uh, detailed camera, and he filmed a bag of potato chips. This was like on Radio Lab or something, but yeah. whatever. He filmed a bag of potato chips... Um, next to a guy that was singing Mary Had a Little Lamb and the, there was no sound at all in, in yeah yeah so fucking cool uh, but he was able to replicate the sound of the guy singing it from watching the pixels the slight movement of the pixels on the potato chip bag that's cool and he replicated it back on like a whatever sound replicator wow and it was like Mary that's so cool yeah that kind of thing is really interesting because it's like how much of that so how much of that stuff is encoded into old pictures like this is the it kind of brings it back to 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 uh to what we were talking about earlier which is the idea of the immortality of of the human and the primitive idea that if you take someone's picture, you're stealing their soul. Yeah. So don't take my picture. My soul's in there. So the idea is, like, you take a picture, you're getting all of this data that's, that, you know, is a this amalgamation of color. And it's, like, all assembled. And it, so, but it's, it's more than that. It's, like, the emotional frequency that the person right. was experiencing. It's all in there somehow. It's all in there. So they're right. So could you decode a simple picture of a person? If there were an advanced enough computer, right. could it scan an image of a decode person? Decode the emotion. Bring the person to life. Yeah. Can you, Oof. like, can you... Now, we know that we could take a scan of a person now and run some kind of... You know, run. You you could do this now. You could take a, a person's picture, connect it to their online profile. Yeah. From all their tweets and whatever, you can assemble a, a an idea of who the, what the personality yeah. is, and based on their what they look like, their age, you can assemble how they might act or how they yeah. might walk. So you really can create an artificial intelligence and you, already. And we and we make holograms. You yeah. know, I mean, it, it's all it's only it's not too far a stretch if you're talking about, you know, scanning the. You know, right now, right now, I know the the that all the computer power we have on Earth can't, you know, 
or all the um, hard uh, hard drive space or whatever couldn't hold one human brain yet. Right. But very soon, right? When they That's can, they when they can, you can you could pair a human brain with a hologram, right? And and somehow, whatever. I mean, if you're already talking about going into a virtual space, then. That's easy, right? Well, yeah, that, yeah. It's like this idea that like we're all these people taking selfies don't realize it, but they're building a time machine. They're digitizing reality in a way that's getting stored on serving server mechanisms that are going to be ultimately scanned by some super advanced intelligence that will reconstruct a simulation of the past that you'll be able to enter into and interact with, and that that's that. I, I mean, when you're saying fo- photographs, I mean maybe photographs. Are the the Atari twenty six hundred? You know what I'm saying. Yes. So that was the start of that, and then we have to keep going beyond that into into the 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 wheeze of the future or the or the whatever gamecraft of the, whatever you Minecraft. Uh, Minecraft. Yeah, I mean, this would be a fantastic form of recreation, though. I mean, yeah. like if you were like a hardcore gamer, it would make sense that you would eventually want to experience. You want to hang out with Abraham Lincoln. You want to yeah. fuck Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, or just a random. You know, eventually you're going to be like, let's do a random life. Right. Just throw me somewhere in time, and I'm going to live a whole human life, and let's just see what I do. It would be really funny. Would you be you in your brain, though? Well, this isn't thing, you know? It's like, this is the idea that, like, so, if you look at time and the idea that time is some kind of, like, uh, if you, so it's like, if you look at time, there's, so there's time is like mud, and events imprint themselves in the mud like riverbeds. And so a human life like is like a riverbed that runs through the mud of time. And the consciousness that you're currently experiencing is actually just like water running through the riverbed of this self that is eternal, that will always exist in the fabric of time and space. Because you're here, you'll always be here. This is in the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, so my body is the riverbed. Your body, your yeah, this yeah, your body, your your the your life, and your, myself is the water. This thing that you're in right now, and every single decision that you're making. Yeah. If time doesn't exist, it's already happened. It's already been done. It's already happened. But you're under the illusion because you're in 3D space. You're experiencing the illusion of a past, present, and future. Right. So it gives you this impression of things that you're doing, a feeling of action, a sense of I'm in the midst of doing these things. And so you get into, like, Nietzsche's thought experiment, the idea that everything just eternally repeats. What's that called? Um, shit. Um, anyway, there's a book. That book, it's called... Uh, anyway, it's called um, the idea of, of something return, uh, infinite return. The, okay. It's Nietzsche's idea. The idea is that you will... Ex- so it, the reason you have a deja vu... Yeah. We're like, shit, I've done this before. Is because not only have you done this before... You've done it an infinite number right. of times right. before because this thing you are just kind of loops. So the idea is conscious you mean through through new new big bangs and new whatever. No, it's the like whole the, thing the cre- gets done it's again. the creepiest idea. It's just the idea that your life, the thing that you call your life, is a never ending, infinitely skipping record. And so Nietzsche used this as a thought experiment to say I mean I can say that in a li- very literal day to day way that's true. Yeah, and when you die, you just start over again, and the whole thing runs again, and all the decisions that you've ever made, you actually just make them again. Okay. So there might have been some original self at some point in the... Like, in the same way that there might have been an original 
creator, yeah. a programmer, and there were no simulations. In the same way, there might have been a time where the decisions you made were actually original, but because we are in a never-ending, infinitely replicating universe, the thing that you're in right now is a essentially a, a, a redundancy in some kind of it's somewhere on this timeline of never ending your lives it just keeps happening this is by the way what Nietzsche says yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. saying this is what's happening yeah. but it just keeps happening over and over and over again so consciousness is a is not something that's embodied like the consciousness doesn't require a body consciousness is just a thing that is ever expanding but when it comes through the right kind of like antenna right, right. Then I love that yeah so that's it. So consciousness runs through a human life like the way water runs through a, ri- a riverbed, right? Where, where, where's, not to interrupt, I, are you continuing? Are you that's going? it, that's okay. it. What, so where, where is the, the, the genesis of the consciousness, though? You know what I mean? Where, okay, I, I like that as the consciousness that being beamed in, right? Through yeah. the antenna of, the, of my brain. Yeah, you could say but, beamed in. But where is that consciousness coming from? Fuck no. Who knows, man? Yeah. We can't. I don't know. That's God, what God is or something. It's, yeah. a, it's like the... It's, it's the... Uh, it's that... It's the... Un, it's the Ottoman or the, the thing that you can't... You, can, you can't... Like right now... I think it's pronounced Ottoman. <laughs> it's the Ottoman. <laughs> it's a very comfortable Ottoman. Yeah. But you can't look at yourself and, and it, without a mirror. Right. And, and so... In the same way, the thing that's aware, oh, pure awareness, it's it's the watcher, is what it's called, and, right. and so it's a it's a mystery. Like the, you're saying, like if you strip away that, if you pull away the riverbeds, or if yeah. like you, like if if you, this is why this new data coming in from the LSD brain imaging experiment. That was so all, cool. I saw that on Facebook. It's super cool, man, because yeah. it's so the so consciousness is moving through the brain in a, in a, in a kind of, in, in what they call in, in an entropic in, in state. Okay. Ultimate random connections are happening, yeah. right? Weird fluctuations that aren't, like, baked in in the way that now, if you're an adult, your idea of the universe is kind of baked in. And so your consciousness, it kind of sits in your baked-in yeah. apprehension of the universe like, um, like, like, like cookie and like your neur- your neurons are are create they create pathways right that pathways you, that you're used to right you're used to them going down those pathways that's it yeah. it's like and so you're you're it, that's why you get numb to fucking what is even though it's insane what is and it that's right yeah because you're this this infinite stuff is is pooled into your neurological connections in a way that's creating this temporary sense of an identity right and so uh, the this is what's fascinating when you take LSD, that um, mold that it's is a coping created, mechanism in a way. What's that? A coping mechanism? Yes. The, right. the mold, the, the fact mold. that you have. Right. The, yeah. Well, it makes sense because you yeah. need these. You need a set of habituations to yeah. keep yourself safe in a in a world where you can get eaten by things and right. it's quite dangerous. True. So here's this place bad, this place good, this type of person bad, this type of person good. This is a brutal universe, man. When you look at, like, I was just looking at, like, um, this amazing uh, video of somebody set up a mirror in the middle of the jungle, and it shows all these animals who've never seen a mirror before freaking out at this mirror. And, like, monkeys in particular, 
they're they're like you know generally like depending on the type of monkey, usually they're trying to fight themselves in the mirror, but they're universally freaked out right. by gazing uh, at this mirror. They're like their you know their minds are are being completely blown. Like when have they ever seen? this thing before like when have they ever seen yeah. themselves Marty so, fucking loves a mirror but he's a pretty boy my, my dog. <laughs> he likes looking in it right loves it. yeah but but generally like we're, we're not able to we're not able to 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 see ourselves and so right. anyway the, the idea is that when you pull it, the point is when they react to themselves it's in a they're freaking out it's yeah. danger and you look at the way an animal moves it's always like they're moving in the way a thing will move in if, if it's existing in a universe where it could at any second be killed, right? right? So that's what we came out of. We came out of a universe right. where at any second we could be killed, which means that it's super important to bake into this this self, this thing we call ourselves. It's super important those to have a set of pathways. practical yeah. pathways, yeah. right? But those become bars, and that becomes right. a prison for our consciousness. And this is why... Enter LSD. Enter LSD, and, and suddenly the, the prison, the bars are melted away, yeah. and you get to experience this free flow of consciousness that is no longer trapped in the neurological pathways that you formed since you were very young. Yeah. And so this gets back to, to the, the Matrix idea. Maybe we can end on this, because it brings yes. it full, 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 full circle, so to say, speak. Um, so the Matrix... A lot of people say this is based on the idea of Gnosticism, Gnostic ideas, right? And the Gnostic idea is that this entire dimension that we're existing in, and forgive me if I'm saying this wrong, this is my rudimentary understanding of it, the whole dimension that we're in right now is a prison. It's a fucking prison. And we're souls who have been trapped, we're infinite consciousness that have been trapped in the illusion of matter. Matter, yeah, we're trapped in matter, so we're in a, a kind of soul prison. And, uh, a soul asylum, so to speak. That's it. We're in a soul asylum. We're all inmates in a soul asylum. And our little rivulets of consciousness have been assigned to these neurological prisons that we currently call ourselves. Right. And so anything that allows that consciousness to transcend the boundaries of self that seem so important and are so essential for society to function, anything that does that is a kind of divine angelic uh, uh, saint-like um, thing, whether it's a chemical, whether it's a teaching, whether it's a person, whatever it may be. And this is why LSD has had such a difficult history and has a five-year mandatory minimum prison sentence because the, art, the beings that have imprisoned us in this dimension, which uh, has as one of its qualities hierarchy. They love hierarchy. They fucking love hierarchy and they love authority. And so anything that like frees you from the prison, they don't like, which is why LSD has a five-year mandatory minimum. Mm-hmm. Because the demons that are currently running the dimension that we're in right now don't want us to experience that level of freedom. Because it, you know, it's just like a prison break. And that's why they always are cracking down on any kind of information system mm. that allows us to be free. Right, right. Yeah. Good. One other quick thing that I thought of while you were saying that, uh, and then we'll close up. Would it not follow, then, that... So, okay, we started we, we started talking about uh, video games, right? Yes. So would it not follow that, you know, we start with, with, with a 2D game, right? Where you're... you're, you're a, 
third person party sort of watching the yes, game. Yes. And then if, as games have advanced, you get into and when we started with what's the game that 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 began with the 3D look. Oh god, I can't remember the name of it. Some you dungeon said, game. I thought you said it. Uh, Maybe you didn't say it. I don't know. Whatever, but it did move but, yeah. it ultimately into like Minecraft or right. whatever, right? So you have so you have the the, the you have like the, Pitfall, Frogger, Donkey Kong. Right. Then those are 2D games, and then you have the 3D games. Yes. So Golgo 13 on the NES. I know yeah. that you're looking into it. You are that character. So would it not follow then? We're in still in that phase, really. That's right. Would it not follow then that the ultimate game is shifting back to 2D, but in a different way somehow? I don't know. Where you're actually another third per- person and you're That's watching, really you're cool. watching it go. go <laughs> That's go great. Down. The final like zoom out. Yeah, yeah you, you get to go out. back to being the thing that. I mean, I guess that's when you pull the go- the goggles off. I mean, that's when you're like on your deathbed or right. whatever, and you right. make your last exhalation, and then you come to, and you're just in another space with your friends playing the video game that you called your existence. I mean, that's the. And it's hilarious. Yeah, it you can't believe you played such a dumb game. Yeah. Why did I waste my time? I could have been reading. Exactly. Instead of being exactly. a human. All right. Well, I, I, I appreciate you doing this. My pleasure, man. Duncan Thanks Trussell. for letting me be on your show. Check out his podcast if you haven't. The Duncan Trussell Family Hour podcast. My favorite podcast. Thank you. In the world. Thank you very much. All right. Cool. Say bye to the folks. See you later, guys. you guys it's good to be coming back at you i'm gonna try to make these a little more regular you know or just you know hopefully do more of them as time goes on especially in, on that on that tour that we're going on don't forget about that check it out at yoniandgetty.com y-o-n-i-g-a-n-d-g-e-t-i.com uh all the all the dates are on there uh and we hope to see you then other than that Go and check out Duncan's podcast. If you if if that was interesting to you, like I'm telling you, it gets way deeper than that. Um, he has excellent guests, totally unique conversations, nothing you know like you've ever heard before. Stuff that's gets you really inspired. When I want to be inspired, and I want to uh, you know sort of contemplate what's going on here. Uh, I listen to the DTFH. That's the Duncan Trussell Family Hour podcast. You can find it anywhere where you get podcasts. So, God bless him. You guys, it's good to be back. Enjoy this this, this spring weather, this lovely spring weather. And uh, most of all, say it with me, you guys. Keep wandering. Something like that.